Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 237. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And welcome to the first show of 2020. Thank God 2019 is over. I have never been more ready to fire a year into the sun than I have for 2019. We are turning over a new leaf, turning the page, moving on to a new chapter. Pick your cliche. I don't really care. 2019 is over, and we are looking ahead to 2020. Thank God. Also, sorry for ghosting on you for... Let me see here. How long has it been? When was the last episode? December 3rd. Good God, more than a month. My sincere and deepest apologies for that. December hit me like an absolute freight train. There was so much going on, I was barely keeping up, just professionally, around my house, We had 20 people over here for Christmas. We got our house painted. We bought a new dining room table. My kids were off of school. My God, I am just now coming up for air, and I am bringing you fresh content. So, my sincerest, deepest, and most heartfelt apologies for not saying a word for more than a month. I am not dead. Thank God. I am back. Now then. Let's start off 2020 right proper. Let's change the energy. Let's change the vibe. And on this week's show, I've got Mona Magno, also known as Mona Licious, which if you're going to start off a year, why wouldn't you start it with someone called Mona Licious? Am I right? How cool is that? That is fantastic. That is amazing. She had her publicity contact reach out to me, say, hey, you need to know Mona Licious. And I go, you know what? Sold. I don't even need to know anything further. Although... Her press contact was terrific and included a lot of bio information and things that she's into. And once I actually read that, once I sort of got over my enamoring of that name, I saw that Mona is a dynamic and talented creative force here in Denver doing great work. Free Music for Free People is one of her projects. Mona Licious is her band. She works at Youth on Record. She has created a compilation of local musicians released via trading cards. I am lucky enough to have a deck. You will see her holding that trading card deck in her hand in the photo that goes in the companion blog piece. If you haven't been to the blog, it's johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. And the music on there is fantastic. So on this week's show, we talk about everything Mona has her hands in. She created a carnival. At Mercury Cafe. Like I said, she's created this trading card deck that's a compilation of local musicians. She talks about her work at Youth on Record. She talks about balancing the left side and right side of her brain. She not only loves creating art and the creative process, but she also loves creating systems. And creating the things that help these things go. I think that's exceedingly rare for an artist. And I was lucky enough to sit down with her for about an hour or so. And we just talked. It was great. I do a lot of creativity in my job, but nowhere near to the level that Mona is. In all the different things that she does, I was blown away. I was just happy to radiate in her glow for a little while. And the thing I like about her so much is she's kind of understated in the way that she talks about this. You get a sense of gratitude just radiating from her that... She is a working artist and she's able to support herself. She's on salary as a musician. That, again, is a very rare thing. And it's the type of thing I want to highlight in 2020. And this is going to be an unforgivable cliche, and I'm going to sound like Oprah or something. But I want to talk to people living their best lives. People chasing their dreams. And I've done that on this show a bunch. But it's something that I've got in the forefront of my brain. Because there are times I think I've gotten complacent. There are times I think I've gotten lazy. Times where I'm sort of just resting on my laurels and I go, no, you know what? It's not a lack of ambition. It's not laziness, but I happen to be living the life I always wanted to live. And that comes up in this week's episode. I have interesting and creative work that keeps me going and pays the bills. I also get to consult on a number of different things. I get to pursue any guests that I want on this show, anything that kind of tickles my fancy or anything that comes in front of me. 
And my God, what a liberating feeling. What a fantastic time to be alive. And I hope for you in 2020, now that I'm back, now that we're doing this show, now that I'm out of the fog that was December and the hellscape that was 2019. Now, granted, it had its high points and there were a lot of fun things that happened in that year. But overall, man, what a tough year. And thank God it's over. In 2020, we look ahead, we do great work, and let's do it together. So hit me up at my company if you want to work with me, because I want to work with you. Deft Communications is the producer of this show. I've got a number of podcasts on the slate. I'm consulting on a couple of podcasts right now, and I can help your organization tell its story in a new way. Whether that's through messaging, whether that's through communicating with your employees, whether that's through talking to external audiences, or if you want to create or produce your own internal podcast, I am your guy. I cannot wait to see what this year brings, and I hope it's you talking to me. Check us out on the web, Deft Communications, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. That's where we are. The website needs some updating. Maybe I'll get around to that this year. But you can get a little sense for who I am and what I'm about there. Now then, that's enough about me. Let's start off the John of All Trades podcast right proper in 2020. I've got Mona Magno, also known as Mona Licious, on episode 237 of the John of All Trades podcast. She is an artist, she's a teacher, she's a musician, she's a community leader, and she's the guest here on episode 237 of the John of All Trades podcast, which starts right now. Yeah, I do love mornings. However, Monday nights, um, I do D&D. And so, oh, nice. All right. Yeah, I can sometimes go late. And last night happened to be one. Are you a player or are you a master? I'm a player. Okay. Yeah. And how's your character doing? My character's doing pretty good. I This campaign, I used a, an accent, which uh, really helps you get into the role-playing a little bit more. Sure. It's more immersive. <laughs> Helps the team, like, get into their role-playing as well. Totally. How's your crew? Good crew? Is it fun? Oh, it's amazing. It's, like, ridiculous amazing. How deep like, do you guys roll? Like, with the mechanics? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how? just how many you got in your crew there? Like, uh, There are five of us. Okay. In our campaign, yeah. Nice. So, I mean, it's very... And then uh, one DM. Well, sure. Of course. Um, reminds me of Stranger Things from the summer, you know? Yeah. I mean, poor Will. All he wanted to do this last season was play D&D. Well, I can relate to Will. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I love playing D&D. <laughs> it's like my f- me time. It's like some people need spas. I need D&D right. <laughs> to feel rejuvenated. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's good that you know that about yourself, too. It's like, okay, we got to get together. We got we got to get this going. Yeah, luckily the... We're all super passionate about it That's in good. this one campaign, and we're very eager to get back to it. And we're on a, a pretty good, pretty good schedule. Most of the groups I've been in have been like every other week, and that's just kind of it. Requires a lot from a person. It's a lot of time, and so you know, I only have so much time. Yeah, no joke. Um, how long does a campaign last? Um, well, the I've been in one for a year and a half. Maybe a little bit more than that. And then I've been in one for three months, four months. Okay. So, and I don't imagine that they'll like end anytime soon. Sure. That's amazing to me. Like the long form storytelling that someone can construct or, you know, like that you all get together and this thing just evolves and grows. And it's almost like a living being. Is that fair to characterize it that way? Yeah, I would definitely say that for sure. Yeah. It's it's not about winning. There's not necessarily like it's about the journey. And that's right. something I enjoy in life. And that's, I think, why I get a lot out of it is because this is just like an imaginary place that I get to just be and enjoy the process of being in and all the different mechanics of what it play out this yeah. game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think without probably meaning to, that's like a metaphor for life. Yeah, totally. Like in a lot of ways. I mean, you said enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey and being present and creating and getting to live in this moment. And you're hitting on so many life themes that I think people miss, especially like growing up the way I did when like the D&D kids were like you'd cast aspersions on them, you know, and they were like so nerdy. And now nerd culture is like taken over. 
Totally. And I, I mean, ultimately I think that's a good thing. Sometimes it goes too far. Like, you know, people writing letters to have people rewrite the last season of game of Thrones and stuff like that. That's a little bit ridiculous, but overall I think it's for the good because people are expressing themselves creatively a lot more. Yeah. I think in general we're moving forward in a, a culture that is trying to shame less, you know, people I think can so. just be, and, and with that permission, people from all around the spectrum can enjoy these fun things that have yeah sometimes been stigmatized because you know some different people like playing dandy yeah and normal people like playing dandy it's pretty it's pre- thank you stranger things for making <laughs> totally. normalizing it a little bit more <laughs> well, i'd be down for it anyways though well sure um i think it's funny i don't play this but i think fantasy football once it was pointed out to people that it's like you're essentially just role-playing the role of an NFL general manager. And, I mean, you guys get together and you have these drafts. I mean, without cosplaying, although everyone's wearing jerseys, it's like you're cosplaying as NFL players. It's sort of like, okay, we're not that far apart in terms of the way that we relate to the things that we like. Yeah, I would not know anything about fantasy football. (laughs) But that's I. I'm happy that even people interested in football have an outlet for you know playing in the imaginary space. Yeah, just role playing. Yeah, just doing their thing. So this is Mona Magno, and we were introduced through Chloe. I don't know how she found me, but once she sent me some stuff about you, man, I was blown away because you have so much going on, and without me sort of spoon feeding this to anyone listening tell me what you're involved in yeah i would say that i'm also known as monalicious by the way yes which that really caught my eye because i get so few emails from like about people with really cool names Mm. you know and so i heard that one i'm like oh yeah okay i'm in yeah i feel that same way when my friend called me it like seven years ago and i was like "Mm -hmm, yep i'm in with that (laughs) you're Uh, like that's me yeah definitely um so yes, I go by Mona Licious. Uh, you can call me Mona. I think that's appropriate. Um, yeah, I'm into a lot of different things. I'm uh, kind of as this year is coming to a close, uh, it was like a super crazy year of creating things and trying different hats on um, and feeling like the creative world was my playground. And mm-hmm. I had like this immense amount of support from the community to just pick something I wanted to do and create it. Um, and so this past fall, there was a lot of things that happened. So I run Free Music for Free People, which has, uh, we do several different things, but our primary um, actions right now and uh, would be events. We do different community events and immersive events. Um, we also just launched a label, which I'll mention in a second. And um, we also ha- have a video branch called Free People TV. And so that's where uh, we cover different, we cover music culture. Um, and so we believe that music communities have stories to tell. And so we have an artist session series where we go into artist house and talk about, talk to them about who they are and we get to, they get to play music. Um, we also have a live set series. It's like one take, 30 minutes, an artist. We've um, worked with a lot of DJs, but we're moving into uh, producing content with uh, musicians and acoustic artists. We do a video podcast with Your Neighbor, uh, Your Neighbor Speaking, Aaron Loki Johnson. He's a former open air CPR uh, host and nice. DJ, and we provide a platform for artists to talk about social and political issues. So it's like. We'll put you up, we'll put your music up, but we also want to put you and your voice up. And there's a few other segments we do, so obviously always doing that because we release stuff weekly. And so this past, I would say October, Free Music for Free People, we threw a carnival um, at Mercury Cafe. And this was an immersive carnival with like a, you know, huge backstory and story arc throughout the... uh, Throughout the event, you know, you walked in and there was like a quest that the guests would go on and all these interactive um, stations. And so 
all of the, you know, this is a crew of maybe like 40 or so creative people. So directing that show took a big chunk of my time in the early fall. And then um, two weeks after that, we launched Free People Records, which is uh, the new record label with uh, free music for free people. And How many acts you got signed to that? So we don't have any acts signed to us right now. Um, what we did is we released a product, a community product. Right, yeah. And you did it in a really unconventional way, right? Yeah. Yeah. That also caught my eye. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I will pull out. I actually have one with me. Oh, I nice. to give you. Oh, wow. Oh, this is cool. Yeah, so we released a compilation. So it's a, it's a pack of cards, our whole um, business. Can I open this? Yeah, you yeah, should. Yeah. Uh, the whole business is uh, kind of focusing on releasing music instead of vinyl and cassettes and CDs. We put together trading cards. Um, so mixing like medias um, and we put together trading cards as kind of like these official download cards uh, for these artists. Are, and these are so cool looking too. Like, yeah, the, like they have just such a cool look and feel like you get the vibe immediately. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a collector's item for sure. Uh, we only made a few of them. Um, and so I think you got 84 out of 200. Um, and, wow. and yeah, so 10 artists in one pack. Um, there's a down, uh, download code for a compilation album that has one song from each of the featured artists. And uh, we got to work with Frankie Zinke as our illustrator and Michael Figgy as our graphic designer. And Michael Figgy is on, on our like... Uh, core team um is it fair to say like so yeah i mean these are obviously training cards yeah um but they almost have like also a kind of a tarot vibe to them i like, love that is that i mean am i way off base with that or i do have someone who's like i'm waiting for you to create enough of them for me to do readings with them for sure <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i think that that would be cool you know maybe five or so compilations in we can begin to release a big pack and we we've considered different approaches like making games out of it right um, oh cool yeah and here's the here's the download card fantastic yeah and there's a sticker in there as well oh so nice you, all right if you wanna yeah i'm gonna add it to my my little podcast perfect uh, yeah where i keep my uh my zoom it's funny too because i'm i'm fascinated by the music industry in 2019 because getting people Getting music in front of people, like it's it's paradoxically never been easier, but it's also never been harder because we yeah. have so much choice. So how do you stand out? And it's things like this. And I remember I interviewed Vinny Fiorello, who owns and runs Paper and Plastic Records. He's also the drummer for Less Than Jake, you know, ska band that's been around for more than twenty years now. But on his label, he's doing like action figures and stuff, you know. So like with the band coming out with little action figures to come out. And it's just this, this way to sort of stand out because I remember I still have them there somewhere in my storage room, but you know, you used to have your big book of CDs. Now, now everything is just in this little rectangle that you keep yeah. in your pocket and it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. So having something tangible like this, that that's not directly like the music product itself, I think is a really ingenious way. So what led you to ultimately doing the trading cards? Um, well, I would agree with you that it's... Right. Sorry. Yeah. There was a lot there. No, definitely. <laughs> it's a, it's a very saturated market. Um, and our goal has, my goal as a person has always been like, how can I, I take what's already here, what's already in the playing ground and, um, you through like utilizing creativity, pioneer and envision the next level of it. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, the trading cards, I have a good friend who kind of dropped me into the Magic the Gathering world. Oh, nice, um, cool. And I don't play Magic the Gathering, but, you know, he plays every Friday and he goes to tournaments and there's like big conferences that people fly to and that he... Wait, who who is this? What friend is this? Uh, he's the bassist in my band. Okay. His name's Swirl. Okay, because yeah. I know a guy who like does Magic the Gathering tournaments too. I was wondering if it was going to be the same guy. But no, his name is Jake Brown. No, this... he used to be the pot critic for the Denver Post. <laughs> so, but yeah, he and yeah, he was way into Magic the Gathering and was really, really good at it too. Totally. But yeah. Yeah, my friend, and I think that's what feel like me being able to see into the world is that he was really good at it as well. And so, 
and yeah, he just has like accumulated all these different things. And I've played a little bit with him and there's like this whole nostalgic around like opening up packs and winning packs and like yeah. creating decks and like the trade tradeability between um, players of these different cards. And so it just, it helped me recognize I had seen my dad collect cards and like I had done it a little bit as a kid, but it just showed me like, wait, this is totally something that people do they yeah. buy collectible cards and maybe it's kind of fallen it's not as relevant but they're but who's to say that it couldn't be again if right. it's done in a different way sure well i mean again like when i was growing up worlds seemed so far apart from one another mm -hmm. but hearing you talk about collectible cards reminds me of i used to collect baseball cards too yeah and so i had a bunch of those and you describing i hadn't thought about this in years but you describing opening up cards and new cards and new packs and just the feeling of excitement like what's going to be in there it's it's almost like the the unknown and that's so thrilling yeah so yeah the fact that you're doing limited edition i you know i i think that creates demand that that gives it a, a vibe and it's like okay you got to get in on this because there's a limited amount definitely super super exciting and um so we and the first my first attempt at this was my band that's now Monalicious used to be called Twin Flame Medicine. Okay. Um, we just went through that kind of transformation recently and we released an album and our download codes were a pack of a three pack um, of trading cards that looked a lot more like uh Magic the Gathering cards, like we had abilities right. and stuff. And so that kind of like... Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. It, it was super <laughs> fun. Um, and so that kind of is what inspired me to be like, oh, wait, no, this is a thing. And and noticing that I even had the, the puzzle pieces because working with Frankie Zinke, she's just such an amazing artist that I know that I need to create something with this person and be a like... Yeah. And they've been a part of my creative legacy, since, you know, for the past seven years or so, but... You just want to be in their orbit, right? Yeah. I'm just like, let's make something. and <laughs> Totally. I got people like that in my universe, too. Yeah. It's been really cool to, like, even the carnival, it was, like, this huge elaborate idea. And I've been recently able to work with some of the most creative people in Denver who have just, like, been down to following me into, like, the creative unknown into these projects. And so even with th this project, feeling, like, just super honored that people are they hear the idea and it's like, it doesn't matter what it's going to take. They just want to be a part of it. Totally. Let's try it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So here's a question for you. Um, and they're kind of in the news right now for not great reasons, but, uh, meow wolf is coming to Denver. Yes. And did you see the documentary that they released last year about yes, their origin? You did. Okay. The thing uh, I'm curious about asking you is when I watched that documentary, I was struck by, just how f that that community started out so ramshackle, right? And mm -hmm. it was like artists on the fringe and creating just the weirdest stuff. And now it's like a billion-dollar corporation. Yeah. And the main guy who was in charge of it, I think he just stepped down as CEO. But I was thinking he has gotten so far away from the origin of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for you, with all these different creative ventures that you're doing, presumably you did them because you have creativity just that needs to come out of you, right? Yes. Um, and with the sheer volume of projects that you're involved in, it's remarkable to me, first of all, that you can have your fingers in so many different types of things. But my question to you is, there's a whole other very unglamorous side to creating art. And how has that part been for you? Like, do you balance right brain, left brain pretty well with that? Or... Is it a challenge doing the more administrative stuff to make the art actually happen? My approach to creating and bringing things, um, you know, completing projects, I would say that it's a little bit rare. Yeah, most artists, and I, this is, you know, from talking to artists and being in community with artists, they have a hard time with that administrative aspect. Right. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people actually, that's a part of why people trust me is because I guide them through these projects diligently with like proper right. administration and communications. And it's something that I'm actually, I would say that fairly skilled at, um, fairly organized. And Do you enjoy it? Like, do you enjoy that side of it? 
Yeah, I definitely do enjoy that side of it. Because, um, oh, by the way, are you allergic to cats? I'm not. Okay, good. Cats. This is Jax. He's uh, Perfect. He comes down when I interview people. Oh, how cute. So, <laughs> um, because some people like really enjoy that. You know, like there's, uh, I was talking to a guy who's a brewer and brewing is a lot of like cleaning, you know, a lot of wiping down, a lot of sweeping. He goes, look, I'm not saying I enjoy vacuuming, but I really enjoy the feel of a freshly vacuumed floor. Yeah. I don't necessarily enjoy doing spreadsheets, but I like having them done. Yeah. So are you kind of the same way? No, I love creating systems. I love um, like being like, I'm going to do this project. Let me write out all the elements to it and let me get them and, and put the schedule together and, you know, put together the packages for the artists. I really enjoy that work. Um, I think which is what makes me a little bit different than the average artist is like, yeah, Mona, I'd say that's pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But there's some, I, what I'm noticing is like that I do have the capacity for it. And so I have to be careful to not overdo it. Oh, interesting. And to like, still be like, you know, you can still be creative you don't have to just administrate creative projects (laughs) you don't have to be the shepherd here yeah no i totally get that and i think it's like when if you know in the question of like do you like it it's like well anytime you're good at something usually like doing it totally (laughs) and i mean there was a question something that came up on this show a while back was um and i think it was with risa scott who's also a creative professional there are people who like creating things for themselves right and then there are the projects you like to do. What are the things you love to do for other people? You know, like if you get commissioned work or, you know, I don't necessarily love what I do professionally. Like, Jax, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't necessarily do that. You know, like I wouldn't be doing the work that I do like in my free time. Mm-hmm. But um, I like getting paid for it and I enjoy doing it for other people. Yeah. So there's that aspect too where you can be the shepherd and it's like, yeah, I'm going to create this and it's for all of us. But then there are things you do just for you. Yeah. And the question is, do I do things just for myself? I don't know if there's a question in there. I'm just sort of, uh, (laughs) um, I'm just, I do agree with you. I think that that is, um, definitely something that I have to be mindful is like, even as a teacher, just in, in, in being so involved in the community is right. Carving out space for my own personal projects, which is something that I did this fall as well. A week before we launched the label, I released a music video with my um, with my project Twin Flame um, that used to be Twin Flame Medicine, now Monalicious. We released a song called "All Caught Up" in a music video, and that was like a yeah. whole like just like my own project that did take a long time to get done because I have been so focused on the community, but definitely like you got to focus on that. And I think that's something I've been noticing in general is even with like putting together this, um, compilation, there was this initial idea, like we'll release one of these every few months. And then I thought about like, I don't want to be managing the administrative side of that every few months. Oh, sure. I'd rather do it once a year. Yeah. Um, and like, maybe we could focus on making music instead of, you know, for the rest of the year versus continuing to produce a product of like a physical good. And, um, yeah, because then you're just a brand manager. At that yeah, point. totally. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'd prefer to like, just have it be a part of it instead of like the whole gig yeah. is that totally. So I'm curious and I, I've talked to a number of creative professionals on here and almost all of them articulate some level of pressure, whether it's from parents or society or whatever to, you know, go find a real job, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. Because I think people, when they don't understand the hustle associated with working for yourself, whether you're my business, a communications consultant or an artist, the hustle is all like, that's part of it. And you're either attuned to that rhythm or you're not. Yeah. But my question to you is, did you face any pressure to sort of go get a real job or were you always sort of geared towards, I'm going to do something creative or I'm going to do my own thing? And at what point did you realize you were going to do your own thing? Yeah. Well, I'd been working in the community since I was 17. That's when free music for free people started. And you started it when you were 17? Yeah. Good Lord. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's amazing and uh, remarkably ambitious. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've 
this is just who I am. It's, <laughs> like I said, I enjoyed it, the, the creating and community coordinating. Um, and so I'd been doing that work and, um, you know, for my living, I was a barista and kind of just was okay with that. I was like, I'm going to be an artist as long as I'm being an artist, I'm down to be a barista. And then I walked into Youth on Record, and I had known some people there. Oh, God, um, great organization. Yeah, and, yeah, they hired me to work for them, and they had known the work that I had done in the community recently, and so I've been with them since 2017. Nice. We're going on um, three years now, and so when it... And I think that was kind of a point where my family... My family kind of, you know, having... Seeing your child establish themselves at, at like 17 or 13 even just being like i'm gonna be an artist and then like 17 i'm I have this organization and like seeing me step by step they kind of felt like this girl's gonna do it anyways <laughs> right. so i have we're just gonna be supportive and Good. and let her know if she's ever messing up but if we notice it um and so they kind of were always supportive but i i did end up dropping out of music school because i was just like i don't even like know if it's necessary yeah where were you in music school um i was at cu denver i was okay. in their singer songwriter program yeah yeah okay yeah and and i just was like i don't know if it if i if it's necessary and then i got pulled into youth on record and you know that's like the nation's leading organization in in, yeah. in its field and um, I currently run their girls' music program, Fem Powered, and I'm a teaching artist. And I worked on their podcast for the past like year and a half. And so I f it feels super validating to just be like, oh, I could just be me, execute. I could just express these skills that I have, this love for organizing, this love for offering people empowerment, and like. I could actually have a career. I'm I'm ridiculously lucky to be at Youth on Record and to be able to say I make my living being me. Yeah, I mean, luck, sure. I mean, a certain amount of luck is happenstance. But, I mean, luck is frequently a byproduct of, of hard work and ambition and, yeah. and recognizing opportunity. Um, I mean, Youth on Record, so I, I have a sticker on here. It says, never forget Tony Sly. I have a friend who owns a brewery who they did never forget Tony Sly night and uh, a portion of everything that they sold that night went to youth on record mm -hmm. because the Tony Sly music foundation is like, look, just go support youth on record. Like do it locally. We don't need your money. It was fantastic. Um, down there. Do you ever intersect with like Susie Q Smith? Yeah. She's a former guest on the show. Perfect. Yeah. She's awesome. She's a force of nature. I adore her. Or um, I think Paul Clifton's down there sometimes. I don't know if I know Paul. Okay, Susie's on staff. Oh, nice. All right. And I'm on staff. Oh, so perfect. Cool. So, so you guys are right there. Yeah. Tell her I say hi. I will. Um, but Paul uh, runs a podcast called Voice of Montbello, and it's students at Montbello. And they'll have on, like, Mayor Hancock and, like, Police Chief White and stuff and talk about issues pertinent to the youth in Montbello. Which... Yeah. I heard about that on CPR News. Yeah. Yeah, I remember he told me he had the spot there. We used to be in the Denver Podcast Network together, which kind of no longer exists. But um, anyway, that's an amazing organization. And it's funny. My dad used to tell me when I was growing up, don't let your schooling get in the way of your education. And it sounds like you took a very similar path where you don't need to do it super traditionally. Like you were in CU Denver singer-songwriter program, but you're learning so much by creating on your own and learning from others. Totally. Yeah. Learning, jumping into the mix at Youth on Record has been like this accelerator boot camp for all these different aspects of myself. It's actually helped make me uh, just more refined in my approach to business, even with free music for free people and better artists because I'm teaching in the classrooms and creating, you know, their lessons and refining my skills and um, it's just also ridiculously inspiring to work with young people and to help them kind of through like bridge from, you know, their young teens into a little bit more like adult concepts yeah. or liberating concepts that uh, that they're ready for and that they. Yeah, it's incredible to see what they do with information and with tools. Yeah, helping be the bridge. Yeah. From this raw talent and this raw kind of ambition and 
this sort of, um, you know, unshaped a little bit, uh, mass that they are into, look, let's, let's figure out who you actually can be and let's, let's help you evolve to the next phase of whoever you are. Yeah. Because what I do in my day job is I'm frequently doing like presentation training for people, public speaking training, helping people get ready to go on camera. And I tell them, I'm like, look, I'm not looking to put you in a template because if you're trying to fit anyone into a mold, you're going to fail. Like that's a fool's errand. I just want to help the best version of you emerge. Mm -hmm. The one that's most fulfilling to you. And you know, let's optimize your talents. And that sounds like exactly what you're doing as well, which is so cool. Yeah. It's been incredible. I really enjoy the work and, and they have like professional development for all of the teaching artists. I'm a teaching artist there and, um, and for partner artists. And so I've, we've, I've had just like a ridiculous amount of mentorship from brilliant people there and it's been incredible. So I have a little bit of a different situation as far as like what I do for my career that I still get to be an artist and I try not to take that for granted because, you know, I was three years ago before I walked into Youth on Record, I was totally down to just like make coffee as like what I do or, you know, like (laughs) there was... Where were you slinging coffee, if I can ask? I was at this place called Mmm Coffee in Santa okay. Fe Arts District. Okay, I think I've been there. Like, I, I had a meeting over there, and I stopped in there, and I was made. It, I wanted to make it a point to go back, but never made it because yeah. I'm, ne- I'm like not on that side of town that often. I, like, I hit the east side, uh, independent coffee shops. Yeah, it's a paleo bistro, so it's kind of niche. If you're gluten free, dairy free, soy free. Do you serve uh, sport tea? Yeah, they do. Sport. I yes, I have been there then. Yeah, yeah. I love sport tea. It's so, great. <laughs> it's got adaptogens, Jensen. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I I hadn't seen it out in the wild in forever, so I'm like, I got whatever I was gonna get, and then I'm like, I can I get a sport tea too? Like, <laughs> so yeah. that was funny. Um, so forgive me for asking this sort of prosaic a question, but Monalicious, mm-hmm. what what kind of vibe? Hmm. It's such a hard. <laughs> I would say very vibey. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I, vibe? The most vibe. The most vibe. Uh, sweet nectar soul juice is wow. Is kind of a a word clump I put people in when they ask. It's, sweet nectar soul juice. That is very evocative and gorgeous. So yeah. go on, keep going. It's hard. I. Some indie rock vibes, some like chill, zero seven, more Chiba, oh, some yeah. like indie rock tones, Tegan and Sarah esque. Oh, um, nice. It I, goes all over the place because I I have like some jazzier stuff too. So it's it just depends, and I think because I'm so like I just want to create whatever the flow is and. It's not like a singular sound. That no, I no, have. of course not. Um, I have some Tegan and Zara on vinyl upstairs. Also have some Zero Seven in my iTunes. So, like, you're speaking my language. Here. Cool. What Tegan and Sarah album do you have? I don't remember. I'll have to look. Um, when we go up, uh, I bought it for my wife, who got me into Tegan and Sarah. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's uh, and I think it's white vinyl too. I can't remember. We'll nice. go look once we're done with this. Nice. Yeah, Reese. Like two years ago, they did a. 10-year tour for one of my favorite albums, The Con, and I flew out to Portland for two nights just to go to their uh, their show. Sweet. Yeah. That's I'm, good. And I'm, how was it? It was amazing. I was super tired, but <laughs> I'm kind of... It's like the fangirl, the only band that I'm like, yeah. like that for, um, even though I don't like their whole discography, but sure, uh, I feel like they really... We're actually the first band that I covered, and I was like, oh, my God, I could do this, too. Nice. Um, That's a good feeling, like, when you can do that, when you're like, oh, I can actually do this. I remember I interviewed, have you ever crossed paths with a guy in Denver named Jason Heller? I don't know that I have. Okay. He used to write for the Onion AV Club, and, like, he has um, a Hugo Award, which is, like, the most prestigious, like, science fiction honor out there. He's written a number of books. Um, he's been a DJ, he's been in a bunch of bands, but, um, I feel like that's someone where you guys would benefit from knowing each other. So let me see if I can hook that up. Uh, I don't remember why I was going to ask you about that now. (laughs) Um, oh, it was because when I interviewed him, he was the first person I interviewed that I didn't know. 
like, because when you start anything, you kind of lean on your friends first. Yeah. But I interviewed him. I go, okay, like I got this off a cold call. I just cold pitched him and I'm like, okay, I think I have something here. So when you cover Tegan and Sarah, you go, okay, I can't do this. And that's such a liberating feeling, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like it's kind of overwhelming though, too. It's like, uh, I grew up in a reality without mirrors and then Mm. I wait, what does that mean? Okay. Sorry. Watch this magic happen. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I can't host very well. (laughs) No, you're all good. It's the thing. I'm a teacher, so I'm used to like sometimes talking in metaphors, but it's like, um, before I kind of started singing or making music. Yeah, I was like this living in a world without mirrors. And then I started to play music and then mirrors started to show up and I was able to see myself. And I can't even describe like the download I I felt like I had when I was like, oh, man, like I could I'm like, this feels super effortless. And I like could see the rest of my life for the first time, you know, I was 13 or so yeah and and like and so that's like this like i had never had so much uh foresight on my life than when i first started playing music wow and you've been uh you've been at it ever since then huh like i said i've been super industrious my whole life even before i was 13 and uh so it was like I think I was already trying to figure out what like my business was. And then I was like, oh, there it is. I'm a musician. (laughs) And yeah, I was able to see myself for the first time and and, like feel my potential. I always knew I had potential, but I didn't know what it would be in. And then it was like, well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool that you grew up in a place, too, that fostered and facilitated that because not everyone has that. A lot of people are just kind of grinding through the drudgery. And simply existing. And I found, and I can't remember who I was talking with this about, they said pretty much everyone is happiest when they're creating. And you think about the society we live in in 2019, almost everyone is either making music or making beer in their garage or crocheting or like they have this side Etsy store. As long as you're creating, I think people are happy. And when we're unhappy is when we get further away from that. Do you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. I think that that even referenced back to like me being okay with just doing coffee, even though I'm, I feel so big in myself is just cause I'm like, well, I'm pursuing like when I go home, I'm pursuing my art and my craft. And, yeah. and even nowadays I, with all the work that I do, the most regulating thing that I can do for myself is create. Yeah. And to, yeah, just keep whatever I'm doing, like whether it's putting together this compilation with the cards or a music video or, you know, I'm, I'm even out of places of the years coming to an end where I'm like, what are the projects I'm going to create this next year? What am I going to sign myself up for? And also what am I going to like leave in 2019? I personally am ready for this year to be over. It's been a very challenging year for Mm me. Yeah, me too. But, uh, one thing, uh, I got to ask is, Money does not seem to be a real driving factor for you, is it? I wouldn't say a driving factor. I'd, when I first started free music for free people being 17, it was way less. It was just like, we have to drive and we want to do this no matter what. Um, as I've gotten older, I, I see like it's like the draw to generate um, revenue from these projects is to to value the art. Right. Um well, and to, to get people to a place where they can live on their art, too. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah, my, my goal is to thrive and to be happy. I definitely appreciate the opportunities that come with more funds. Um, and also the, you know, my creation is limited by, like, how much uh, m- money I have for each specific project. And Yeah, but my point is you don't seem to be looking to build an empire here. Right. Or are you, is that sort of in the designs like where you want this thing to scale up to, you know, to be big, you know, I don't know if you have designs on being the size of meow wolf or something, but maybe I'll just do this a different way. What is your sort of vision for your label or for free music for free people or just art in general? Like, where do you want it to go? If you were to look back and go, okay, I did it. What does that look like for you? 
I definitely feel like I have done it. <laughs> Good. But, um, Are you living in it? Like- I, I would say I'm living in it for sure. I mean, I having being on salary as a musician, not that's a whole different situation. Sure. Even as a touring musician, you have to like really be in a certain hustle level to make a proper living. Um, and uh, so that with having my needs met in that way the whole like what is success what will be success has kind of changed and i'm still like formulating that Mm -hmm. um but i definitely the core is to create compelling engaging captivating art i would love if that took off though i'm okay if it is just art for art's sake and you know like the journey yeah for the joy of creation yeah but I also think that it's, you know, these products hold up and I would love to see them, you know, I would love to see the projects thriving and I would love to see everything going to the next level. Even with Free People TV, we're hoping to make some more partnerships this next year to get to more major um, networks and broadcast it in different uh, states and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's all like we're right now building the foundation and I'm kind of just like listening I feel like if things don't take off in one area, it's just because probably there was lessons to be learned from trying it out. And there's also like other things that might be more fun. Sure. Yeah. Your energies will be directed elsewhere maybe during that time. It's funny because hearing you say that reminds me of I was listening to a number of people talk about where they wanted their businesses to go. And I started thinking about my own business and I'm like, have I lost my ambition? Like, cause I'm comfortable with where I'm at and I go, no, I don't think that's true because I actually made it to where I want it to be. Yeah. And I don't know where the next level necessarily is because I work for myself. I work with people I like and enjoy. I get to pursue the projects I want to do. And I get to do this show where I just highlight creative people and interesting people from all across the city and sometimes across the country. And I get to like direct that. So I'm living exactly what I always hoped I'd be living. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't think it's a lack of ambition. I think it's the fact that I can actually take a minute and enjoy what I'm doing for, for a bit here. Yeah. And what a feeling, right? I mean, what a feeling. Totally. I think that there is, I would definitely say I'm always moving forward. But Oh yeah, I mean, no, for sure. Yeah. But it's okay to kind of sit in the garden you've grown for yourself. <laughs> totally. And yeah, I'm in this place with like all these different creative projects where I'm trying out different things. Even directing the carnival was like, well, I've never really written a script like this and I've never really uh, directed a show like this. And maybe this is my flow and I'm not going to I'm not going to know that I like doing these things or that I have these skills unless I try them. And that's kind of I'm in a place where I'm like nothing has immensely taken off and so i can i have a lot of playing room for trying different methods out that's awesome what a great feeling um especially if you have creative energy inside you yeah you like when people give you an opportunity to manifest it in different ways and ways you may not have thought of and you get to do that god that's great what a feeling it feels good. And I feel like I have all the resources, you know, even being able to work at Youth on Record Space and there's different, there's like Denver Open Media for yeah. videos and um, yeah, it just feels, there's so many resources out there that if you want to create, there's support and there's information, the internet, uh, I've learned a lot of different skills off of the internet. There's a YouTube video for pretty much everything. Yes, there is. (laughs) Which is wild. I've had to do it on this show. Like I needed to do an effect or clean up something or whatever. And I'm like, okay, let's let's type this into YouTube. And whoever this beautiful weirdo is who decided to, yeah, you know what? I'll bet someone else is going to have this problem and just put a video of them working on their computer and clicking through things. (laughs) I'm like, wow, what a gift. What a weird time to be alive too. Totally. So. So open source. Yeah. And I'm, I'm about it for yeah. sure. No, I'm into that too. Um, all right, Mona. Well, let's. Uh, we need to wrap up here. So, this is the time when we do plugs. Where can people find you? Get in touch with you. Stay up on your work. Anything you want to plug, do it now. 
Yeah, I would say check out free music for free people. So that's FM, the number four, FP.com. Um, you can see all about free people TV, different events we have, free people records. We have a new store that's up where you can check out the compilation. And we have some other fun um, items and um, merchandise. You can also check out, I would say check out my music video that I just released, All Caught Up. It's uh, super wonderful project that I'm excited to have out in the world. Uh, you can check that out on my website, monaliciousmedia.com. Um, you can also see my discography, all the different films I've been working on, and you could connect with me through that page as, you know, if you want to hit me up, collaborate, learn more about Youth on Record. Those are the plugs. <laughs> Those are solid plugs. Um, and you can find links to all of that. I'll make sure it's on the companion blog piece and the show notes. Companion blog piece is johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. The show notes, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher, there will be links in there as well. Mona, you are an absolute creative force. And this was uh, an, a real privilege and a joy. And I'm glad we got hooked up here. I can't wait to see what you do next. And I wish you continued success. Thank you so much. What an honor. And that'll do it for episode 237 of the John of All Trades podcast with Mona Licious. Thank you, Mona, for taking some time out of your day, sitting down with me and sharing everything that you were involved in. As I said in the conclusion, you are a creative force of nature and an absolute ray of sunshine. I'm happy to get to bask in it for just a little bit. Be sure to check out all the links that she mentioned on the companion blog piece. That's johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. Another way to stay up with John of All Trades is on social media. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. All the same handle all across platforms. The first job series goes up on Mondays. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. They're available on iTunes, Stitcher, or a billion other podcatchers. Hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to your listening device. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. That helps with the exposure. How? Who the hell knows? It's all a mystery. Let's pay some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Whatever you're doing online, 4Degrees will help you do it better. Whether you're running a campaign, online advertising, social media marketing, building websites, trying to reach customers, constituents, or potential voters, 4Degrees can help you do it better. They'll get the message dialed in and then get it in front of the people who need to see it most. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm back here next week with a brand new episode. I cannot wait to bring it to you. we got content on content on content on content. It's going to be a good year. Thank you for letting me be a part of your lives. I'll hear you here next week. And until I do, say goodnight, Gracie. Happy 2020. That's good, Johnny.